You're listening to Smart to Death Radio. And welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiselled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network and now on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags and again, still in this shitty pandemic, still can't get time to record with uh, Paul due to the coronavirus so he gets to miss out on another amazing guest. I think this is maybe 12 weeks in a row where Paul has not been able to, to join me but it's his his look out because he doesn't get to, to speak to the guests that I do um, and today I'm finally, finally achieving something that that started pretty much at the start of Badlands. Uh, I'm finally f- finishing out the WrestleForts trilogy, even though <laughs> even though WrestleForts is not even a thing anymore. Uh, today, I've got the, the one person holding out. I've got Callum Rickenies. Callum, how are you? I am doing amazing, thank you, Mags, and I feel even better now after that beautiful intro. <laughs> I don't know why people seem to think the intro is the best part of the show. I wouldn't be surprised if people don't tune out after the intro, to be fair. Mate, you can you can see me right now, you can see me smiling, so <laughs> you, you've made my day already, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we've been on and off working in conjunction for well over a year now, with, uh, obviously with the Brain Buster stuff, and, and then to see you guys kind of go off and, and flourish it's been absolutely amazing to watch and especially in this pandemic era that we've been in you've just been absolutely knocking it out of the park I know we spoke uh, pre-recording about it I just wanted to get it basically on, on tape how amazingly well you're doing and it's just so cool to see you scoring these amazing interviews and putting out this this not only quality content but diverse content as well you're not kind of pigeonholing yourself into into one group you're you're really spreading your wings and it's just so cool to see that really means a lot like i said uh, pre-record it means the absolute world that uh, our peers like people we look up to yourselves uh queen josh everybody we look up to you guys we, we started around the same time and it's we've had a hell of a journey the last year or so mm-hmm. and it's it's great to see all of us doing great in our own right doing something a bit different and we've only really just started to branch out a little bit i know you've got your fingers in many pies um (laughs) but we've only just started to do the video and stuff like that um i'm not gonna lie we we want to go down the the road of being more like a a cultaholic or a, a wrestler talk for example you know like have a a schedule where we release pretty much every day that's going to be really hard to do but that's our goal and this is just the first step so like i said it means a, a huge amount to all of us myself jamie and kate that you that you're enjoying the content yeah not a problem and and if this is how good you're doing on the first step i can totally see you being able to pull it off and becoming uh becoming a real big hitter in in uh youtube and and the content creation scene thanks man i'll tell you what the getting youtube subscribers is a nightmare <laughs> i didn't realize how hard that was yeah. i thought they'd be like twitter followers you know where 
you get a few every day or something. If anything, I think we've lost followers since we started YouTube. So we'll, we'll have to come back to that and uh, see what we're doing wrong. But hopefully, as the months go on, that'll pick up a bit. Yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> You can take that kind of um, inspiration from guys like Conrad at EPW or or even Fowl, who they know that getting that ball rolling is the hardest bit. But once once you do get that kind of that start, it it, it does come. I mean, Fowl when I first subscribed to Fowl, I think he had about three hundred followers. Now he's on to nearly six thousand. So it, it yeah. will come. You just Fowl. It, he's such a hard-working dude. Uh, and you know firsthand, mm-hmm. uh, Fowl and Conrad are two of the best out there, really. And their work ethic is second to none. So I think it's just one of those where if you, if you stick at it, if you keep producing that quality content in time, it'll come. It's just not always that obvious when you first start out, I think. Yeah. You've, you've got to kind of get over that hump of... Uh... Of thinking that nobody's going to watch you, especially when you don't see your followers like rising to the the expectation that you were looking for, you can't. Yeah. It kind of it can it can be a, a put or downer on you. It's simple. It's I tell you what, down. yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I think sometimes you'll put maybe combined recording time, editing time, like four or five hours into a piece of content. Mm-hmm. You put it up in a week later, you've got 10 views. Yeah. And you're like, well, I hope those 10 people really enjoyed it, considering about eight of those were me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Just on, yeah, on loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I digress. It's Even if I did only have 10 people watching, I'd still make the content. I'd still enjoy it just as much. Yeah. As long as one person out there enjoys it, that isn't me. I'll carry on doing it. And so all of us. And I'm sure you would too. Yeah, absolutely. That's always been my ethos with uh, with the content that I create. It's not necessarily to build an audience. It's because I enjoy talking to people like you. I enjoy getting like people's opinions, and I enjoy the the banter. If, if literally only I listen to it, I still had fun doing it. And I think when I stop having fun doing it, and when it becomes kind of a chore, that's when it'll be yeah. time to wrap it up. I think. Uh, let's uh, let's not think about that yet, Max, because I want to be listening to your podcast when I'm 50, all right? So let's, that's not that I'll far have, off, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll have to record from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I think you'll be fine because I've got eight weeks of uh, content already already yeah. canned, so if hey. I just record a few years' worth of content, we'll be sorted. You could be beyond the grave, and I reckon you'd still have content to go for another 20 years. <laughs> Interviewing wrestlers that have passed away. Yeah, post-mortem interviews with Mags. Amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow, this got morbid quick. I know, really. It took a, it took a real detour. Um, <laughs> so even though technically this is your first appearance on, on Badlands, you actually gave your, your Mount Rushmore of the Greatest Wrestler in the first ever episode when we did the, did. the Brain Buster um, collective um, Mount Rushmore. So you can't really add to to no. our, our collated Mount Rushmore, but... We are when we've had guests who have already given them names. We we tend to throw a, a new kind of opening topic at them, and today we've we've uh, we've come up with the the marriage of people who, who you think are going to shine uh, post pandemic. We're in this era of uh, basically very little uh, in terms of indie wrestling and and quite poor in terms of mainstream wrestling, um, mm-hmm. but who are some who are some uh, guys and gals who you think are going to kind of take that that baton and run with it once we get out of this uh this era of of, of lockdown yeah i thought this was a really good subject mag because 
honestly, it's something I've been thinking about, not as a, a Mount Rushmore, but like who who is going to succeed, who's going to thrive, who's going to pick up the ball and make the most of the pandemic because there's not many silver linings to a pandemic, uh, but it does make opportunities for people. And I don't think that's just true in wrestling. I think that's like you usually see happen happening. And like if you'd have told me, Actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for when we get into the actual Mount Rushmore. All I wanted to say was I think it's a very good subject, Mags, and I'm glad you picked me for this one. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so go on, who, who do you think are going to come out and be a, a star uh, once we're allowed to go back to wrestling and, and, and attend shows? Well, do you want do you want my first pick because I don't think I it's going to surprise anybody. I want well, all you can have picks. you can have my first one first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll have your third obviously. one first. You can have you can have my first one last, and <laughs> I think after watching Raw the last few weeks, and especially with his big win over Kevin Owens on Raw this past week, Angel Gaza is going to be an absolute megastar. Yeah, and. It, he, I can't see any reality where he doesn't become a main eventer. He, he's one of those people where he, he swaggered his way into NXT and you just knew that this guy was a star. Like it, The way he presented himself was like a, a young Eddie Guerrero, for example. Mm-hmm. He just had that look about him, the, the in-ring skills. He's got, I mean, come on, I, we all think he's a good-looking dude. He, he's a very when he look. rips them pants. When he rips those pants off, Mags, it yeah, makes me question myself but he's, he is a, a lovely dude by all accounts as well like he, I thought he was a good face but he's an even better heel and yeah Angel Gaz is my, my number one pick for the uh, the Mount Rushmore of people who are going to thrive post-pandemic yeah so that's a great pick uh, and I think to be to be fair he's, he's thriving whilst in the pandemic he's, he's really has kind of like taken the ball and, and ran with it um, I think for my first pick I'm go- I'm gonna go with someone who's uh, been in the news very very recently, um, and whilst this is gonna probably go out in about eight weeks, and it it's won't be as as new news as it was then, but I think it's gonna be uh, Diana Perazzo. I think uh, with, with her move to uh, to Impact, I think she's got a lot of it, it's lit a fire underneath her. I know she was she was obviously released in in Black Wednesday, uh, but the talk was that she wanted her release before that, and WWE weren't weren't forthcoming and giving it her. Mm. She she, I mean, uh, she signed with um, Impact, but before then, I mean, like you just knew she was going to end up somewhere good because she she's got everything about her. She's got all the tools to be a big name wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic pick. Yeah, um, so back to you for, for your second pick. Second pick. Uh, I forgot to ask, is this any wrestler worldwide? So yeah, whoever, whoever, from any promotion? Yeah, whoever you think okay. is going to do, do well for Sammy Guevara. Oh. Somebody who has really, really stood out uh, in the last few months. He, he was already doing well for himself on Dynamite, but in the, the recent months, he's kind of become the workhorse of Dynamite and Dark. He's wrestling back-to-back matches. He's there when they need him. He's putting on great matches with, like, Alan Angels, Kenny Omega. There, there isn't... Like with uh, Angel Gaza, I can't see any world where he also doesn't become a main eventer. It's a matter of time. He He's associated with the right people. He's got the look. He's got the character, the skill set. Sammy Guevara is probably one of my favourites right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I agree. And uh, the way he's taken being uh, under the tutelage of Chris Jericho, and and he's just been outstanding in both the 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 kind of two cinematic matches that they, they did recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy. What is he, 23, 24 year old? He's got an absolute, yeah. the world at his uh, wrestling feet. And I'd say within within a couple of years, he's going to be one of the, the top dogs in AAW, I think. Absolutely. Um, so for my next pick, uh, I'm going to go with someone who's who's pretty established as, as a wrestler uh, in terms of uh, people know who he is. But I think the pandemic came just at the wrong time for him uh, in in terms of, of coming back from a very severe injury. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Ooh, yeah. okay. Uh, obviously, New Japan uh, is what brought me back to wrestling, and Hiromu Takahashi was one of the, the first people who I kind of gravitated toward because he's got that amazing character. You just can't mm. not love him. Um but he obviously had this this neck injury after the the, the match with uh, Dragon Lee, and he just started to come back. He obviously picked up the juniors uh, heavyweight title, and then we were going to see him versus Nato in a champion versus champion match. And I think he, it, that would have been been his time to kind of like step out of the shadow of Nato almost. And then obviously the pandemic happened, and we not we didn't get that. New Japan pretty much closed down and. Whilst it's looking that we're going to get it back pretty soon, are we going to still get that 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 match, or as it kind of had the the has it been stunted? We don't know, but I think uh, he's got a lot to prove in terms of is he is he fit enough uh, to be the kind of wrestler that he was before? And I think if anyone can can show that, it's definitely uh, Takashi. That's an amazing pick. That's. I didn't even think of, well, this is just me, but I didn't even think of New Japan. No. So I was like, everyone seems to be thriving there at the moment. But you, you're right. I mean, Takahashi, he had, does have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And he said, like you said, with the pandemic, it kind of stunted that. So how is he going to, what's he going to do when it's all over? What's he going to do to make up for lost time? Good pick. Yeah, no problem. So uh, on to you for, for pick number three. Okay, so this one's a little bit sweet. This is before I found out she'd been injured for so long. Uh, I actually was going to go with Britt Baker because Britt Baker has really stood out to me in the AEW women's division. She's, I mean, she might not be the most fluid in the ring, but to me, she's the best female character in wrestling right now. Uh, the whole dentist role, role model thing is just genius because no one likes a dentist <laughs> and nobody likes people who proclaimed to be role models so it's a great mix of two things people hate and I, I, ju- I just love it I think she's got a great character great look great uh, she's decent in the ring she's got all the tools you need to be a main eventer and I think she was on her way to doing that and then her injury happened mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that her injury isn't putting her out for as long as we think maybe she com- comes back earlier and she can come back at like the tail end of the pandemic or just after and really make up for lost time because I think she's on a roll and I still think she's going to do great for herself when she comes back. Yeah, I, I think uh, she had a lot, kind of a, a lot of pressure on her shoulders uh, being like the first female Sani to, to AEW and obviously at the beginning she was heavily pushed as, as the, the women's face and I don't think she was ready for that. Um, but once they took a step back and kind of let her learn her own character and, and and learn how to just to be herself, she 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 came on in leaps and bounds. And, and like I said, she's not 
the best AEW, uh, AEW female wrestler in the ring, but she's she's quickly learning and she's mm. uh, she's she's realised how good she is at drawing heat. Uh, but yeah, the the injury uh, it may curtail her for a little bit, but I think she's got the the quality to to come back all guns blazing and, and be a, a standout wrestler in AEW. Definitely. Um, so for my third one, and I'm I'm are all going kind of down the same lines where they <laughs> they feel like the the pandemic has has kind of stunted them and and they're going to come back with something to prove. But I'm going to go with Jordan Devlin. Nice. Um, was obviously doing great things on NXT UK. Finally made the the move over to the the main NXT roster, and we thought that that would be the time that that he's going to step out of Finn Balor's shadow. He's going to be Jordan Devlin rather than just a shit Finn Balor. Um, but it, it just kind of stopped so abruptly for him. He, he won the Cruiserweight title and, and we thought that as fans that that was the kind of uh, the springboard to bigger things and then he was trapped in, in Britain, can't defend his title and obviously they're having this, uh, this Cruiserweight interim championship. Uh, now for me, that's that's keeping Jordan kind of in everyone's mind because they know they're going to have mm-hmm. to have a champion versus champion match. And I think yeah. I think Jordan will want to prove when he comes back that he is uh, the head of the Cruiserweight division uh, and then obviously hopefully go on to, to even bigger and better things on, on maybe on main roster of SmackDown or Raw. So, yeah, I think I'll go with uh, Jordan Devlin from our third pick. I love that pick. Really good pick. Like you said, I like the way you're going with it, where it's people who have been stunted. Mm-hmm. And he had, he was being stunted more than Jordan Devlin in that mm-hmm. sense. Exactly. He, he was the champion and he didn't lose it. And now the, there's a, an interim champion. He's not going to be happy with that. And let's say, for instance, Spud, um, Drake Maverick wins the Cruiserweight Championship. That would be cool to see Drake Maverick versus Jordan Devlin. Yeah. And Jordan with a chip on his shoulder is out to... End the fairy tale of Drake Maverick. So let's go to you for your fourth pick then. My fourth pick is Austin Theory. And Ooh. yeah, he's he's another one of these guys. You've kind of gone with who's been stunted. I've gone with who I think has only just got a chance yeah. uh, given the pandemic. And I think that's two very interesting takes. Like Austin Theory to me is somebody I, I, I'll admit I didn't have any interest in him. I thought he would look like a creator wrestler from one of the, the WWE 2K games. I, I didn't have much interest in him. thought he looked very generic and not his fault. Good in the ring, but just had no interest. And the pandemic's kind of opened up this window and he's he's taken that ball and run with it. it he's now part of the uh, the disciples group with Seth Rollins. He's having good matches. Mm-hmm. He's an integral part of Raw already after maybe a month of appearances. He's had a WrestleMania moment for the Tag Team Championships. And, yeah, he's absolutely proved me wrong to the point where I'd, I'd actually say he's going to be a world champion one day and, or at least a, a multiple-time IC or US champion. He's, he's very good, and I, I'm very happy I was wrong with that one because I think he's going to absolutely smash it post-pandemic. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and it was interesting that when he came up to the main roster, he was kind of putting this um, this Selena Vega stable, and he, he he always felt like the odd one out. It, mm. Like he didn't fit, and then obviously he's now switched over the, to uh, the Monday Night Messiah, and, and I think he fits there like a glove. It really is kind of like the perfect stable for him to 
to be able to flourish underneath Seth Rollins. I think it was a, a really smart move on their behalf. Like you said, he didn't fit in. And I think they made that very, very obvious from the start. So when he does fit in with the Monday Night Messiah, you're like, yes, that's where he should be. Yeah, totally agree. Um, for my last one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with someone who I think needs to prove something. Not only, well, definitely not to us as fans. We know the the talent that these two guys have got, but I think they need to prove something to themselves, uh, especially after a good couple of years of horrific booking at the hands of WWE and I think you already know who I'm going to go for I'm going with with, with uh, the Revolt or the Revival or FTR mm-hmm. whoever uh, you want to call them Dash and Dawson um, I think they've wanted out of WWE since way before the pandemic uh, and it was almost like a slap in the face when they, was, they were released knowing that they couldn't go anywhere because nowhere else was open and nowhere else was was taking uh, wrestlers on and and hopefully they can they can come out of this. I mean, obviously there's rumours they're going to AEW. I would fully expect that. I'd love to see them have a little stint in uh, in the NWA where that's kind of more like their their yes. wrestling style. Um, they're very kind of old school wrestlers, and I think they fit in there perfectly. Even a even a run over in Japan or uh, a shot at Ring of Honor, just get just get them like out of your mind in terms of WWE uh, wrestlers and and go and travel the world and and just become the the superstars who we as fans know that they should be. Uh, so well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the revival. I think you might have just hit the absolute nail on the head with the revolt because it, who really is has more buzz about them right now in wrestling and mm-hmm. especially when was the the last time there was a buzz for a tag team yeah. in wrestling this much I can't think of any apart from maybe the Hadrian at WrestleMania 33 yeah. and it's been a fair few years since then and now everybody is thinking about the revolt. Where are they going to go? I can definitely see, like you said, they they go to the NWA, pick up those titles because I don't think there's a tag team in wrestling that would fit them better than the revolt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now you've mentioned it. I want to see them in Japan. I want to see them go everywhere. So I I think the the absolute pick for this is the revolt. So yeah, that's that's really cool. I'd love to see them in Japan. Now you've mentioned it. Yeah, but I mean they. In Japan, they obviously have the the World Tag League. I think they'd fit in so well there. And to be honest, as a New Japan fan, they dragged me back in because I love tag wrestling so much. And mm. that that's kind of gone by the wayside with New Japan, uh, at least up to to the pandemic. The 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 tag team divisions seem to have been so lackluster nowadays. Uh, and I think having the revival in there for six months to a year, be apt do the 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 tag division of world, but it really refreshed it up. So yeah, I'd love to see him against like uh, Gorillas of Destiny or against uh, uh, Ibushi and Tanahashi. <laughs> even against Evil and Sonata, just be able to have some amazing matches. Well, yeah, I didn't even think of tag teams. Now you've pointed it out. I wouldn't hold with all singles wrestlers. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was, there was... There's, there's a lot of scope for a lot of talent to, to come out of, of this pandemic and really hit the ground running, hopefully. Um, and and I think a lot of the, the guys who you've been talking to on, on, on the Ringsiders podcast, they're kind of doing it the smart way by keeping the names out there and keeping people uh, invested in them rather than kind of sitting back and waiting for waiting for the pandemic to, to be over. I think they're yeah. really playing it smart. 
Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people have said. Uh, one thing we've taken away from it is the wrestlers are doing all these podcasts and stuff like um, ourselves and maybe people that won't usually reach out to like ourselves. Uh, and they're saying, yeah, let's do this interview because they want to keep in people's minds and everyone loves a podcast, so there's no better way of doing it at the moment. And, yeah, it's, it is it's cool. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know, it's... I'm, I am looking forward to I think we're all looking forward, obviously, to when the pandemic is classified as over. And we all want wrestling to go back to how it was. But it'll be interesting to see when the smoke settles, who who is doing well now, who thrives afterwards, and who sticks around. Because things are going to be very different. And to be honest with you, I think most of the picks we've chosen are going to do well for themselves. I can't see any of them struggling whatsoever. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's your boy Rens, aka Ray Cash of the Outsiders Edge. I'm here with my boy Kyle, and I got a question for you, man. I right, shoot. What would you say are your four worst, your Mount Rushmore of worst edge guests? Ooh, that's a tough one. The Mount Rushmore of worst edge guests. It's pretty easy. It should just be two people. I mean, nah, 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 nah. The the three worst guests in the history of the Outsiders Edge are obviously Caleb, Carl, <laughs> Caleb, Carl, and Mags, right? Well, I mean, Darren's trash. You know, Darren, and we can't even shout out Paul Tally because he's never been on the damn show. I mean, but- it's good for us. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, I guess we can shout out the fact that Badlands Podcast, part of the Cherishot Radio Network. Check it out. We love the show. Uh, always listen, man. Cherishot family, we're here for you. 100%. If y'all haven't checked it out, you got to do it. And I mean, if Darren were here, we know one thing he would say to my Mount Rushmore, and that is he has a He big, would veto that shit. That veto for that shit. But he's not here. So I said what I said. You want to come on the show and defend yourself. You know where to find your boys. If you don't like that, we don't give up. Fuck. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the chair shot. So let's get into this main topic. Um, we, uh, we're going to discuss the, the Mount Rushmore's of uh, wrestlers who have face paint. Um, Obviously, throughout wrestling, it's it's always been a thing where people have a uh, they have a change of character with face paint. And, and uh, when I was looking up man, um, doing my research for my picks, it just reminded me how many wrestlers have actually had kind of face paint over the career. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's go to you for for your first pick. Uh, who's the first uh, wrestler to to make your Mount Rushmore? The first wrestler I'm picking is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and it's Sting. Mm. Because when you think of face paint, I think a few wrestlers come to you to your mind first, and to me, it was Sting. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Sting. Everything about him is he's always been so good in the ring. Like the little things he does, his fire when he's firing up, when he's uh, the face in peril, and you know every single little thing he does is always intrigued me and got me behind him and the face paint sting whether or not it's the crow or the the surface sting or whatever 
always been fascinated by him, and I think he's had got one of the coolest looks in wrestling full stock. So my first pick is Sting. Yeah, great first pick. Um, and it, it's interesting because his first pain evolved with him as a character. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he had the, the surface thing, very kind of uh, Ultimate Warrior-ish kind of designs where they weren't the same. They usually went along with uh, his outfit and then obviously went with the Crow, which was classic and then the the black and red which was amazing and then even like like uh went with like the joker style in tna uh yeah great great pick it was one i didn't uh i didn't research it was one of the first on my mind but i thought mm. i thought that's someone who uh i think callum may bring up so <laughs> um so I, I i didn't go with him as one of our picks uh my first pick i'm gonna go with um the great mooter i think um, started off uh, in a background of judo. Uh, he ended up actually debuting for New Japan in, in 1984. Uh, but he, he, the face paint didn't actually become a thing until he, uh, he started going on excursions. Uh, he went on an excursion to the US and then went on an excursion to uh, Puerto Rico, I think, where he started... Uh, he started like having a lot of characters, and if you look down his Wikipedia, he's got a list of characters as long as your arm. But the the one that introduced it, uh, face paint was a uh, one called uh, Super Black Ninja, which uh, it was a uh, it was a white uh, just a white face with a uh, black almost like panda style eyes, almost like he's uh, smeared his mascara. <laughs> Uh, but obviously, the one that we we know him for is is the Great Muta. Uh, that that came uh, basically has as part of NWO Japan, uh, and then it was the character that he is pretty much known for now as, as wrestling. It's the kind of character that stuck around. Uh, and the thing with his face paint was it it was hidden behind a, an actual mask when he came out to the ring, and. Uh, He's had so many different kind of colour iterations. He'd, he'd have uh, the bright red one, which is the one that we all... Which is the, the famous one, really, with the black test. It's, it's used to, to kind of horrify his opponents. But they also mm. have uh, white and green, um, which he would then like, have this, that kind of same colour mist, uh, one of the moves that he's, uh, he's, he's well known for. But even with the, the New Japan, uh, with the NWO Japan stuff, he would have NWO uh, wrote on his face or WCW on his face. Um, and... In his later career, uh, I mean, the guy still wrestles now. He actually wrestled in in April this year for for, for Wrestle One. <laughs> I know it's absolutely mental. It's a, almost like a, a forty year wrestling career. Uh, he's actually started uh, using face paint alongside uh, really ornately designed masks. He has like scales and horns, and he's got this one mask, and it's so so cool. I, I, urge you to go out and look for it. It, it kind of looks like crab legs surrounding his eyes oh. and his face. It's, 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 it's so cool to look at, like, the, the, the design of, of the, the kind of character. So, yeah, my first pick, uh, the great Muta. Brilliant, brilliant pick. And I think you're, that's a really good pick because I've only ever seen maybe two great Muta matches. Mm-hmm. And it shows you how strong his face paint is and his look is because that was one of the first ones also that came to my mind and I've like I said I've only seen maybe a couple of his matches but he still comes to your mind when you think of face painted wrestlers that just shows how symbolic he is with the face paint yeah so yeah that's brilliant and I'm definitely going to check out that mask because that sounds terrifying and 
I, you know what? I, you've, you've inspired me to actually look at some more great Muta matches now because you, you, you sound like you're a, a great Muta historian. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the guy is a, is, a, uh, is a wrestling legend. I mean, he's been four times uh, RWGP heavyweight champion. I think he's had about six or seven runs with the tag titles. Uh, yeah, the guy's been all over the world. I think he's even been, if I remember, I mean, I'm not a massive uh, watcher of all Japan, but I'm sure he's been the, the champion there, the Triple Crown champion a couple of times. Uh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely a wrestling phenomenon. And, and the, the match I was talking about, uh, the Wrestle One match that he wrestled in April, he was actually the, the founder of Wrestle One. He, he set that company up and he was uh, the president there for a long time. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think you should go out and check out some more great Muta matches. Um, you'll see how he his style has influenced a lot of today's wrestlers. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to do that. You you've inspired me now. Thanks, Max. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, can I inspire you to give me a, a second pick of uh, the Matt Rushmore of wrestlers with face paint? You can indeed, and it's one who I'm very much a fan of still to this day. And he's doing some incredible work in AEW on Dynamite and Dark. Mm-hmm. And that would be Dustin Rhodes. Really? The natural Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. And I've been a fan of him since, obviously, the early days of Gold Dust. Even when I was a kid, there was something about him which stood out to me. And looking back, it was the face paint. He, he was different to everybody else. And it wasn't just like uh, it was, you know, he had the whole attire was different to everybody else. He wore... PBC, you know, he must have been sweating his ass off in that, but it, it stood out. And even to this day, when he's the natural Dustin Rhodes, he's adapted it so it's just the half face pen, mm-hmm. black and red, but it shows the new side of him. Yeah. And it, he's half, he's half man, but still half like gold dust, if that makes any kind of sense. It's like he's yeah, bled absolutely. the two together. Yeah. And I think it's such a cool representation. And the way he's evolved that face pen into AEW to become the natural Dustin Rhodes again. It's just great. I think he's criminally underrated. Brilliant worker, absolutely phenomenal at promos and storytelling. But the face pain, when, when it comes to Mount Rushmore's of face painted wrestlers, he takes the number two spot for me. Yeah, great pick. And he's someone who's, who's used face paint so well over the, the almost the full length of his career. I mean, he had the stint, obviously, where he was... Uh, the the natural Dusty Rhodes where uh, Dustin Rhodes where he was kind of under the shadow of of his dad and you can tell that that Gold Dust was kind of him breaking away from being a Rhodes from being that like under that that shadow um, and then obviously he had the, the so many different iterations in WWF with it I mean he had Dusty Dusty he had where he come out dressed as a baby stuff like that so he, he kind of used the face paint to to enhance that character almost. And then, obviously, he had the running uh, WCW where he was seven for a few weeks. Uh, and then Black Rain in TNA. Well, we don't talk about Black Rain. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I think he's, um, he's running AEW. As it's, it's almost like he, he's shed that kind of um, gold dust um, persona. And this is more of dusting coming out. And, and yeah. like his, his like, career as a wrestler... So, yeah, another great pick. Um, for my second one, I'm going to go with with the classic. The, one of the guys who, who got me into wrestling in the first place, uh, he was uh, one of my nan's favourite wrestlers, so therefore he was one of my favourite wrestlers. I'm going with um, The Ultimate Warrior. 
Mm. Now, I've mentioned about uh, face paint kind of enhancing characters, and I think with Ultimate Warrior, it was it was a massive, massive part of his character. Uh, obviously, the face paint now is is it's synonymous with him. You can literally see a picture of just the face paint, and you know straight away who that yeah. face paint represents. It's kind of like a, an upside down W almost. Um, mm-hmm. But he was also one of the the first that I remember that would use. Um, colour to great effect and, and design to great effect he would uh, have the same kind of colour as, as his ring gear or he would have kind of like a uh, colour representing uh, the event he was at or he would even have like uh, intricate designs like uh, lattices or crisscross or stuff like that um, obviously we, we know he's, a, he's had a storied career went from uh, from being a nobody in wrestling to being the world champion in just over a year um, and he he was the kind of guy that believed his character, believed his own heart, and, and it was a lot of that was to his detriment. But in terms of, of face pain, I, I he's just one of the people who just stands out to you and says, "Yeah, this guy was a character, and the face pain was such a big part of it." So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Ultimate Warriors, my second pick. Yeah, I, I think you've you spot on with that because. The, like you said, it, it was him. It, the, the face paint was the ultimate warrior. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the face paint, do you really have the ultimate warrior? Or do you just have Jim Hellwig? Exactly. Like, and if you don't have the ultimate warrior, there, there's a huge amount of WrestleMania moments that don't happen. So, yeah, maybe you're spot on there. Like, it, face paint is a huge part of a character, and you can recognize it. Like I said, even if you're just a casual fan, you, you know what the Ultimate Warrior's face paint look, looks like. And, yeah, great great pick. Yeah, and, and and he was not the best wrestler. And that and I think if he didn't have that kind of character and that, and that face paint which goes along with that, he would be forgotten in the annals of wrestling time. But he's mm. not. He's the huge character. The, the face paint made him a, a massive marketing success, which meant WWE threw, the, threw their, um, all their energy behind him and got him to the, the top. Kind of almost like Hulk Hogan, he had that kind of a marketable factor uh, yeah. and whilst not being the best wrestler in the world. Um, so, yeah, I think the face paint kind of helped make him the, the, the kind of legend that he is. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. So let's go on to you for for your third pick. My third pick, I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy. Mm. And Jeff Hardy is one of those guys, again, who, when I was younger, stood out to me because he was different. I I think we all like those different characters when we're younger because we like bright colours, we like interesting things. And Jeff Hardy was the coolest I'm not going to swear, but the coolest swear mother, flip, mother flipper <laughs> on in the world. Every 10, 11-year-old when, when I was that age liked the Hardy Boys. And Jeff with his face paint and edgy attire just was cool. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, he, he's still finding ways to mix up his face paint. Like, I'm pretty sure it's pr- different every time he comes out to a degree. There's something he changes about his face paint. And the way he has it, like, over his eyelids has always tripped me out. Like, you know when he has the, the, the whited-out eyelids with yeah. his eyes on? That's just always freaked me out a bit, but it's cool. And when Jeff came back at WrestleMania 33, luckily, luckily enough, I was fortunate enough to be there. And when the Hardys returned, 
I lost it. Absolutely lost it. I still get goosebumps even just talking about it now. And one of those reasons is just because I love Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's always been it's not like he's been an amazing wrestler. To me, Matt's always been the better wrestler, but Jeff's been the better character. Yeah. He's got that X factor about him. And one of those factors is his look, his appearance, and it, his face paint. His his face paint has always just been so cool. And yeah, mad respect to Jeff for still mixing it up nowadays, keeping it different and still dressing like a an 18-year-old goth kid, <laughs> but pulling it off. Yeah, I get you. Um, what's interesting with, with Jeff's for me is he didn't start out uh, with face paint. It kind of like grew with him as a, as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the majority of the picks that we've had, the, it, the, the, the face paint has come with them as a, as a character, where with Jeff, it kind of evolved a long time with him and it got more and more intricate as his career went on. I mean, now he, part of his gimmick is that his, his face paint almost blends into like a background picture and stuff like that. It's just so intricate. And I think that's the artist in him coming out. I mean, he's obviously... Yeah. He's, he's known for his paintings, he's known for his music, and I think that kind of comes with uh, with with his uh, face paint as well. I mean, you even look back at his uh, runner's willow in uh, TNA, mm, and he used, yeah. uh, he used the face paint there to really enhance that character. So, yeah, I think that's an, an outstanding pick. Who have you got? Who's your third pick? <sighs> now... My third pick is the most emotional pick that I've got on on the list. It was the it was probably the the first subconscious pick in, in my head as soon as as soon as this topic was given. Um, it's the Legion of Doom. The, they were my boys. They still are my boys. <laughs> um, I am an absolute lover of, of tag team wrestling and it was these two guys that that brought me into tag team wrestling kicking and screaming obviously we we know that it, it didn't end well for for hawk um but wow they, they they just had a look they just had a, a look where they would rip your head off they just mm-hmm. they look legitimate and and in a time when when I started watching wrestling, it was all about the bright colours and the characters, and the wrestling was was not as technically skilled as it is today. Back then, they would close line people, and it would look like it killed them. And a lot of that comes down to the look of the guys. They're big, muscly guys. They wore those uh, sparked um, football pads, mm-hmm. and they had the face paint. And I think it's the face paint that really kind of drags you in with him obviously with with the 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 hair as well with uh the double mohican or the the single mohican for animal and yeah they just they just attracted me in so much i mean they had an, um, one of the best careers that a tag team could ever have i think that uh, in the in the late 80s and early 90s they were the only team that uh that held titles in the AWA, the WCW, and the the WWF. They went all over Japan. They were the champions in New Japan and All Japan. And yeah, the the the, the face paint was just so so cool. Uh, they started in the AWA with a uh, Hawk had a kind of a black blacked out face, almost like an Ultimate Warrior style, but more kind of. Um, squared off but he'd have a yellow stripe going across the uh, the bridge of the nose 
Um, but then that changed up when he came to the WWF. He had the kind of the black wing over over one eye and then the red triangle underneath the other eye. Um, animals, he's kind of stayed pretty much the same. He had the the spider obviously as the as the 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 center on the forehead, uh, which would usually be like a, a block of color, uh, mainly white, but sometimes he'd mix it up with uh, blue or green. And then obviously the 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 black underneath the eyes and then the the legs coming off onto his cheeks and stuff like that. But yeah, they were just one of the the great character tag teams and and I think the first paint really really did add to that and yeah it was a, an emotional pick so yeah I've gone with uh, the Legion of Doom you're so damn knowledgeable Max <laughs> like it, it's blowing I'm my mind with man. all these I'm facts and history you're not that old at all Max <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you, you just know your stuff like I'm just sat here watching like just listening to you just like taking it all in like wow Max really knows his stuff like <laughs> And I'm just going, oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy's my favourite because when I was a kid, I liked him. And you're like, actually, Hawk had this hairstyle and Animal had this hairstyle. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Great pick, though. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to and finish off your picks. Well, this one is maybe, oh, I don't know, because maybe it's not got as much history as the other picks I've got. But I think when it comes to actual face paint and how good it looks... And not just face paint, body paint. It's got to be Finn Balor. <laughs> Fergal Devitt, Finn Balor, whatever you want to call him, has had some of the coolest paint in wrestling history. Whether or not that's Joker, Venom, um, Carnage, you know, you name it, he's he's probably done it at some point. And when he comes up with the original Finn Balor face paint, I can't think of anything that looks cooler than that in wrestling recently, apart from maybe The Fiend, I just think it's it's one of those things you've got to see to to appreciate and how much work goes into doing it for a start. Like, he, I know he's got a makeup artist who does it for him, but that must t- take absolutely ages to do. And I know he's not using it at the moment, but it's bound to come back at some point. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that the kids love too. Like, the kids love it, the, the casuals love it, and, diehards love it everyone likes the face paint the body paint and yeah i mean it might not have as much history with it but visually yeah it's definitely one of the coolest yep i totally agree with you and uh it it was my fourth pick Mm. yep um oh great minds exactly exactly and and it and it's for a lot of the same reasons that that you've said it's 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 the marketability of it it was the kind of almost Especially in, in NXT and WWE, it, it broke out the face paint when it was the kind of ultimate version of, of, of Finn. Um, but it, that obviously started in, in, in New Japan. Um, I think it was at Wrestle Kingdom 8 when he first ever did face paint. Uh, when he came out of the, I don't know if you've seen it, but he came out of uh, the coffin. Mm. With uh, the demon mass, uh, demon face. And then the what I think the what really... Like draws me in is the way he kind of like accentu- accentuates his muscles with uh, the way he fades in the red and black. It makes him look almost superhuman. Like he needed to look any more. <laughs> exactly, he's got abs on abs on abs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I mean, once he came to uh, back to the to the West, he's he kind of. Um, took face paint and, and body paint and ran with it like you mentioned he, he, he did the, the, the multiple versions of Spider-Man uh, Venom Carnage he's even had a um, 
a, a look of the Punisher, which is absolutely just amazing. He did Freddy Krueger, I think, one time. Uh, yeah. Darth Maul. Uh, the Joker, obviously, Progress Chat 13, that's just absolutely outstanding. Uh, and I think, the, if I remember rightly, I think it was Progress 4, Chapter 14, where he came out as, as Hannibal Lecter. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, this, this guy, is, he's, yeah. he's definitely used face uh, and body pain as a way to, to kind of enhance his character. I mean, a lot of the guys are, but I think he, more than anyone, has, has kind of like made it, Almost like that cat, that face paint is a, a final boss of Finn Balor. So, yeah, I agree with you, and that's why it made yeah. my mouth off, Pip. Oh, look at us thinking <laughs> the same at the end there. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you said Finn Balor too. Well, I think there were two outstanding uh, Matt Rushmore's of, of face paint. Um, what I need from you now, Callum, is a, a topic. I need you to uh, come up with a topic for a, for a future guest on, on what kind of Matt Rushmore you'd like to hear about. Oh, goodness. I forgot about this bit. Uh, <laughs> I love bringing it on, people. Normally what would happen is uh, Paul would give you a pick and I'd give you a pick and you'd like just decide which one would be more interesting. But with Paul being out due to uh, COVID, it's all on you. Right. Uh, you you keep him talking. You keep him entertained, Mags, while I think of a subject. Do, 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 um, do, do. do you have any, uh, like, hold music? <laughs> I can edit okay. it. I can edit right. it. Mount Rushmore of... You see, if you'd have asked me this before, right? I'd have... <laughs> but I love that you just bring it on me. Brilliant. I mean, what, what um, we've been doing, we've kind of been mixing it up as well. Uh, we've been doing a, like a what I call a Badlands draft where we'll have a certain topic and, and we'll pick the top ten of that topic. Uh, but instead, of, I think we did... I actually did it with Jamie. Uh, we'll... We'll have 10 picks each, so what we have to do after the initial 10 is we start voting names off. Uh, I think with Jamie, we did uh, catchphrases. Oh, OK. So if you wanted to go down that route, that's something uh, that that you could have, do. Have you ever done anything like uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestlers with supernatural powers or anything? No, we definitely haven't. So um, the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers with supernatural powers, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'd like to see that. Usually, I try and like come up with one um, off the top of my head, and the instant one has to be Taker. Mm. Uh, yeah, but that's it, that's the first one, isn't it? That comes to your mind. Yeah. Um, or or even, I mean, you could even kind of count uh, Matt Hardy in there now, especially with uh, if you remember the AEW show where he was uh, teleporting. All the way across the arena, and even the the, the stadium stampede match where he was uh, being drowned and then would appear back as all the different kind of versions of a uh, exactly uh, yeah. Of Harry, yeah so I really... think when you think about it, there's quite a few wrestlers who might count of uh, count as supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you do a bit of a deep dive, you'll find some interesting ones. Yeah, really, I, I think that's a cool topic. Thank you very much. Uh, Not a problem. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. 
Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So, uh, where, can, uh, where can the Badlands listeners uh, find Callum? Where can they find all, all the amazing content that you guys are doing over at Ringsiders? Right, let me try and get this <laughs> right. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ringsiders Pod. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hooch McGraw. And wow, I love that name. Oh, thanks, man. It's my uh, if I was a an eighties territory wrestler, my name would be Slackjaw Hooch McGraw, <laughs> and that's where it comes from. So, uh, just in case you're wondering, my real name isn't Hooch Breaking Kayfabe. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Hooch McGraw, or you can find us on YouTube at Ringsiders Wrestling. And you can find us now on the Water Maneuver store. If you just uh, search for Ringsiders Wrestling, you'll be able to find our T-shirts, hoodies, and long-sleeve jumpers. Whatever you want, we've got it. And that's actually the first plug for the uh, the store that we've done, Mag. So thank you. Awesome. That's cool. I'm I'm really glad you're you're branching out and and kind of making this uh this dream of of earning a living from uh from creating content in reality. I, I know. Uh, I- I'd if be anyone, happy if I made ten quid, you know. <laughs> if, if any, if anyone could do it, you guys can definitely do it. That means the world to us, Max. Thank you, Not and it's you. nice that you've got some confidence in us because <laughs> I lose it at times, but well, it you, means you, a lot. You definitely shouldn't because you, you, your uh, content is absolutely top notch. You sweetheart. <laughs> so, who had the best Mount Rushmore of first painted wrestlers? Was it was it me or was it Hooch here? Um, <laughs> And whilst whilst you let us know that, let us know your Mount Rushmore of uh, the the best wrestlers with face paint. Let us know your Mount Rushmore of the the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow my very absent partner uh, Paul Tollett at Rain Counter. Hopefully, uh, he's in talks of, of coming back very very soon. We we kind of all looking to begin out of uh, lockdown. So hopefully you'll be hearing his voice very, very soon. Uh, follow this show at Badlands Pod. Uh, just remember when you're formatting your your Matt Rushmore's, we only have one rule around this place and it's that you must always use your head. You're listening to Smart to Death Radio.